child killed by the coal cart? No. We are here to help you. What is your name? What is your name? What is your name? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod and Gore, where we talk all things that are horror. And we are your hosts. My name is Justin. My name is Brandon. And welcome to the show. Round two, fight. Woot, woot. Woot, welcome in. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> so this episode, we are here to talk about The Changeling. We yes. kind of already we had a technical issue, so we've already kind of done our pregame of uh, what we thought of this movie. But for those of us that uh, didn't hear that, <laughs> which is going to end up being everybody but us, yeah, all right, um, yeah. I mean, I I was expecting to like this movie a lot more than I did. I was I expected to, especially the way it started out. The vibe, yeah, like like a like it kind of shining esque. The way it's set up, and I'm like, oh, maybe this is an 80 thing. Who knows? Like 1980. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like it. It really started out, and then it flatlined for about an hour. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it had little spikes here and there. But then yeah. at the end, it's like, dude, the the starting and the ending of this movie are really what drive it for me. It's yeah. just the lulls in between where I'm just like, okay, I'm getting bored. I'm losing interest. Yeah. Like, and pacing doesn't bother me. I mean, we just talked about the bad scene, and yeah. that's from the 50s. Like, these things don't, like, it's And it's not considerably a, longer than this. Yeah. Yeah. It, pacing doesn't normally bother me, but, like, for some, there's something about this one, even though the, the performances were amazing, you know, George C. Scott is just a master. Sure. Like, we were talking about how, like... It doesn't even feel like he's acting. Like you're just watching him. Like I just feel like he just is like, "Well, right, let's put on a fucking tweed suit, and I'm a professor now." <laughs> like, okay, cool. This is just what I do on the weekends. It's fine. Yeah, and so. Yeah, I mean, there are moments of brilliance in this, and we'll get into it when we get into the movie. But just like mm-hmm. the subtle hints at the haunting in general are very good and effective. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. the beginnings with the piano and the door and shit. But yeah, and I like the mystery of it. You know, it's a yeah. cool story. I just think it needed to be, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a music thing, because I know a lot of times, I think one of the things that helps Bad Seed is there's this ominous music all the time. And there is. It really draws you in. And There's something I, in this one, too, that it, it, there's music that plays. But yeah, dude, I, I really, a score can really make or break a movie. I mean, yeah. take a look at Halloween and what it could have been yeah. without the score. But like the thing is, is like you're right. The bad seed, the just that ominous tone playing the whole time just lent so well. And um, I don't know. The score in this felt more seventies than eighties. I mean, it was nineteen eighty, yeah. but I mean, it didn't. It fit, but it didn't. I don't know. It was. It was. When it hits, it hits very well, and when it doesn't, it's just like eh, this is kind of slow like i I don't know like we're saying like if it it just kind of modernized this movie i Mm -hmm. think it could be great 
For a movie that's only an hour and 46 minutes long, it felt like a two and a half hour movie. It yeah. felt really long. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the start and the end, that it really is what kind of drive it. And yeah. yeah. Well, without any further ado, let's get into this. Two people live in this house. One of them has been dead for 70 years. Hey, I knew you were going to fucking do it again. You can't uh, help yourself. Yep, there it is, too. <laughs> show me. You're, you're like a robot. Uh, like <laughs> So, as Justin alluded to, we had technical difficulties, um, and <laughs> he did the same thing the first time we recorded. 70 years with the fingers Ooh. and all Ooh, ghost story style. <laughs> and... <laughs> I didn't growl the first time, but you know. you'd growled at something. I'm I don't sure know if it was because we were talking about the chickens or it's quite tasty. Yeah, I'm uh, after hungry, the dude, yeah, and you're gonna be for like five days yeah, after the death of his wife and daughter in a car crash. A music professor staying at a long vacant Seattle mansion is dragged into a decades old mystery about an inexplicable presence in the mansion's attic. Darn yes. Uh, directed by Peter Medic, screenplay by William Gray, Diana Maddox, starring George C. Scott, Trish Van Dever, uh, Melvin Douglas, John uh, Kalikos, Jean Marsh, Helen Burns, and Madeline Sherwood. Mm-hmm. Released March 28, 1980. Budget of $6.6 million and a box office of $12 million. Right, which uh, I mean, it's, it's not horrible. No. Doubled the budget, so that's always nice. It's a horror movie in the 80s, so I mean, yeah. ghost movies either like go paranormal activity or they go every other ghost movie and like <laughs> five people see it. So, mm-hmm. uh, the I mean, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, you're all right. Okay. Uh, the film's screenplay was inspired by mysterious events that allegedly took place at the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion in. Cheeseman Park, Denver, Colorado, while playwright Russell Hunter was living there during the 1960s. After experiencing a series of unexplained phenomena, Hunter said he found a century-old journal in a hidden room detailing the life of a disabled boy who was kept in isolation by his parents. During a seance, he claimed the spirit of a deceased boy directed him to another house where he discovered human remains and a gold medallion bearing the dead boy's name. Which is essentially what happens in the movie. Yeah. Uh, most of its scenes were filmed in the Canadian cities of Vancouver and Victoria. Exceptions include introductory locations shooting in New York and establishing shots of Seattle. Uh, points of interest include SeaTac Airport, University of Washington's Red Square, the Space Needle, the Rainier Tower, and the Lacey V. Morrow Memorial Bridge. Which is pretty Which cool. Was cool. Which is yeah, cool. I was just uh, at SeaTac like two weeks ago, so... Oh, nice. Obviously, it's changed was, since then. But. Sure. I was going to say, I was wondering, like, is that SeaTac? I, think, I would assume it is. I haven't been there in years, but... It looked like SeaTac. I mean, the whole... I like, mean, obviously uh, it was, but, like... Yeah. Uh, interior college scenes were shot at the University of Washington. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah. I've never been inside, but I've been to the, that campus many times. Yeah. Uh, the Historical Society was Vancouver's Historic Hotel Europe. The Senator's home was Hatley Castle on the grounds of Royal Roads Military College, now Royal Roads University in Victoria. Exterior shots of Russell's home were filmed using a facade erected in front of an existing home in South Vancouver. The Haunted Mansion's interior was a series of interconnected sets at Panorama Studios in West Vancouver. That's cool. 
Yeah. I thought it was a house. Yeah. I mean, they did a great job of making it look like more than it was. Yeah. I'm surprised. Um, I'm not at the quality, but I mean, I'm just no, yeah, I'm surprised. It's I... actually not a house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Richard Grenier of Cosmopolitan praised Medic's direction, but added, It is Scott using the full range of his immense talent who gives the story its spine-tingling impact. That's so good. And deemed it the best horror film of the year. Variety also praised the film, noting it as a superior haunted house thriller. Hmm. Fair enough. Well, that's like we were saying, like, the moments that work, like the ball thing down the stairs, that's perfect. I love that scene. Yeah. It's just... the stuff between that's like, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so I'm taking a look right now to see. It, it's claimed to be the best movie of 1980. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything that came out that year that I would uh, really know about. Um, Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust, but that's more infamous. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily considered a good movie. It's just notorious. Right. So. That one you had, um, I'm trying to see if there's anything that we would recognize. Uh, we'll see uh, the, the Changeling. Uh, we do have The Fog. We have Friday the 13th. Uh, we have He Knows You're Alone. Um, there's Inferno. Macabre. Mama Dracula. Oh, Maniac. That, I know that one. Um, Motel Hell. Night of the Demon. The Shining, Terror Train. Um, yeah, I'd say Shining is considerably better than this, but yes, but um, that's fair. Uh, the Changeling won the first ever Genie Award for Best Canadian Film, but also won the following Genie Awards: Best Foreign Actor George C. Scott, Best Foreign Actress Trish Van Dever, uh, Best Adapted Screenplay William Gray and Diana Maddox. Best Art Design, Trevor Williams. Best Cinematography, John Co- uh, Coquelin. Best Sound, Joe Grimaldi, Austin. Grimaldi, mm-hmm. Dino Piggott, and Carl Shearer. And Best Sound Editing, Patrick Drummond, Dennis Drummond, and Robert Grieve. Hmm. Didn't we film... just cover a movie that was Canadian also? I feel like, we just talk, like we've been talking about Canadian films. Probably. We do a lot of those. It, there's a lot of... I'm, God, what was that? I don't remember. I feel like Silent Night, Deadly Night might have been Canadian. Uh, I don't think. No. Well, Willie's Wonderland was in was in Atlanta, I believe. Yeah. Um, the Bad Seed was it Paranormal Activity? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe the Fourth Kind. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the film was number fifty-four on Bravo's hundred hundred scariest movie moments. Director Martin Scorsese placed The Changeling on his list of the 11 scariest films of all time. Wow. Right? But, I don't know, man. I mean, given his take on movies, I don't know if I... Yeah, I'm, yeah. Preaching to the choir over here. Pretty cinematic here. Show. Yeah. I, I think if I was in a better headspace while watching the movie, I would enjoy it more. And I think watching it a second time, I will like it more. Especially mm-hmm. knowing how it all ends up. How it folds and folds, yeah. Because, like I said, there's a lot of pieces in this that I love. I agree, but, yeah. You know, it's just not like, holy shit. My, my. And also, we've done a lot of haunted house movies, so it's... Yeah. All right. I'm surprised you haven't done the Haunted Mansion yet. Well, we did do the Haunted Mansion, we did didn't the we? the Haunted Mansion, yeah. 
Morgan Ingalls, come out to socialize. <laughs> I did that some, just so you'd sing. I know. Uh, oh. Some fun facts before we get into the thing, or the thing that just popped into Brandon's head. No, nope, I'm rumbling, <laughs> dude. I'm just like, it's funny because I've only been up for an hour and 50 minutes and my stomach's like, where's food? Where's coffee? And I'm like, get used to it, bitch. It's not coming. No coffee? I mean, I know it's a juice cleanse, but like, <coughs> coffee traditionally isn't that bad. It's the caffeine. Mm. I'm just doing a hard reset. Yuck. Yeah, uh, some sucks, fun facts dude. before we get into the thing. Uh, <coughs> Sorry. Peter Maddock, the third director hired for the pro, was the third director hired for the project. His predecessors, Donald Camel and Tony Richardson, both withdrew due to creative differences. Medic was hired with only a month to facilitate script rewrites and set construction. Ooh. Yeah. So Way to pull it together. No shit. Uh, screenwriters Diana Maddox and William Gray spent around six months doing research for the picture, which included copious newspaper articles on parapsychology and count... Para, Jesus, parapsychological encounters, over 700 books, and almost 2,000 case histories. Ooh. So not too bad. Uh, George C. Scott learned how to play the piece of classical music that he plays on the piano for the college students. That's what I was going to say. I think, that, like, I was like, God, this dude plays piano too? I'm like, wow. Yeah. That's, I was wondering if it was like, did he actually play that? It looked it like, sure it, looks like he's actually it was. I was watching, I was like, God damn. Convincing. Uh, in a featurette for the DVD release of the 96 horror film Scream, actress Nev Campbell named The Changeling as the scariest film she had seen. It's time to expand your horizons. Yes. Well, it was 96. No, I'm so just kidding. It the, it, that movie know. had been out for 18, <laughs> so 16 years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, 1996, I guess that makes sense. Um, it reminds me of that... Uh, that line from Trios of Horror where Bart, they do, after they do the Raven and they're like, that wasn't that scary. And they're like, it's kind of like watching Friday the 13th part one. Like, it's pretty tame by today's standards. That's true. Like, it, I think in 1980, this would have been freaky as shit. Like I said, there are scenes in here that are very disturbing. Yeah. Like, the boy being drowned is like, Jesus, I was not expecting that. I wasn't expecting to, to watch that either. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into it more so when, during the movie. Uh, last thing. First on-screen appearance of actor Joshua Jan Jackson from Dr. Death and Cursed when he was just several months old. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So the baby in the movie was Joshua Jackson. Hmm. Yeah. And if you haven't watched Dr. Death, it is quite interesting. It's based on a true story. Oh, it's that and Joshua that Jackson? Yeah. Oh, we're talking Pacey from fucking Dawson's Creek over here. You could have, you should have said that. That I would have known. I was never a thirteen-year-old girl. So I, I never watched <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Hey, um, you may not have been a thirteen-year-old girl, but you've been judgy. Mm, uh, I've never. I've not watched. I have not watched Dawson's Creek, but my wife has, and I know okay. who. I was gonna say you pulled that name out very quickly. For uh, I wish you could. I wish you could see what's on one of my many monitors in front of me here. I think it's okay if I don't. All right, that's it, and let us get on to the notes. Mm -hmm. The opening car crash is brutal. It, it is. It, it's kind of like it reminds, and I, I'm. I, it's going to sound like I'm shitting on it, but I'm not. Sure. 
it's kind of like an Austin Powers when uh, the roller, the, the guy on the the cement roller is coming, and the mm. guy's like, "Oh my God, no!" And then yeah. you look, and he's actually like seventy five feet away from it, but it's just that yeah. slow, like they really did. It's like okay. You know it's coming. You see this one coming. Mm-hmm. Other guys driving like a jackass. The truck driver yeah. in me is like, "Why are you driving that fast in these kind of conditions?" And then right. uh, the other part of me is like, "Family, why do you just like plop down like you're about to make snow angels?" Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess we'll die now. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Let me hold my child. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. It's it, yeah. I mean, if you overanalyze it, it's kind of dumb. But it's the '80s, so what do you do? But I think the idea of just this truck just barreling through this, you know, wife and child is very. I feel fucking brutal. That if each of the cuts were maybe one to two seconds shorter, yeah, and it would have, and maybe less of them. So yeah, sped up the process too. just a tad like that cuz like it really felt like this was a, a a decently developing scene here to where mm-hmm. maybe if you like you're not paying attention but like you might like it just it didn't seem like it was as, as fast as what it would be in real life. Like you're not going to see that well, truck I, coming. But yeah, like and I think that's an 80s trope problem. That if, again, if this movie was made now, it would have just been like, oh, God, there's the truck. Oh, God, there's the car. Boom, they're gone. And yeah. It's, and that's yeah. probably... And then, of course, they did the classic 80s freeze frame of him in the phone booth going, oh, my God. Which, obviously, is what you would do. But, like, the idea that he was panicking and couldn't get out of the phone booth, that was awesome. Right. Like, I'm in a glass a case scene. of it's emotion. So many non-horror pop culture references in this episode. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be more. Oh, of course. Uh, so the first signs of the haunting, like we talked about earlier, the the single key going down on the piano was, was very cool. The fact that they zoomed in, I assume there was like a string or something, then they pulled down on it or who knows. Yeah, well, that was but the thing, was man. There was, cool there was some stuff that would happen in this movie, and I was watching to like for the practical effect of it and like you know the chain coming out of the dirt you know the the key being pressed a lot of these things i'm like this is well done yeah i mean i the the chain coming out of the door dirt which i have later on i guarantee was like done in reverse you can kind of see the etchiness of the fact that it was probably above ground and then pulled under that makes sense and then they rolled it in reverse to have it coming out hmm. but it was still well done like how did they do that yeah like it was into dirt so was it like in a box and they pulled it through there <laughs> like there's all sorts well of i mean if you yeah impressive stuff going yeah yeah i mean that's my my thought is is like with chain like dirt soil whatever is soft so, like, if you have it coming up out, up and, you know, 90 to the right, say, if you're pulling yeah. it down, depending, like, you might, you're going to potentially risk pulling it to that heavy part and it's going to just come straight down. So, like, that's kind of where that I was wondering. I'm like, if it's done in reverse and it very well probably was, 
But like hmm. when you're pulling through something soft like that, it's like that heavy chain's not going to stay on top of the soil. It's going to come down into it and then hmm. it's going to get shorter. And I'm, yeah, so I'm curious. Yeah, I kind of wish there was more production notes because there are some scenes in this, like that door that opens, opens very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how did they do that? And there's like no one there. You can't, you know, movies this old, it's like, oh, there are the strings. There's the that thing, how they did that. Yeah, you can, but, yeah, you can see the wire. You can see something. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you on that because when I was younger, that was one of my favorite things to do was try to watch for those things. Like being like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's how, there it is. That's how that was done. Yeah. So, but there's loud banging on metal, which is coming from somewhere throughout the house. Um, when you finally get bangs. the fucking reveal of that, that right there, I was like, okay, this is this. You know, aside from the ending, really kind of makes it worth it because, like, you're, yeah. you know, you're in an old house. You, you know, you expect noises. There's settling. There's sure. you know, old furnaces, pipes, stuff like that. But I'm like, he's like, as he says, you know, this is rhythmic. Like yeah. it happens, and it happens at the same time. Six a.m. every day. Yeah, yeah, it, that's great. And I, I mean, and there are some heartbreaking scenes. Like the second time the metal bangs, he's like crying over his family mm-hmm. being dead. Yeah, and it's like God, he's like he's already going through enough, and now he's dealing with this sort of shit. I do think it's interesting how fast he jumps to the house is haunted, and I gotta save this ghost boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's a, not a, not enough development of like, what's this? What's going on? Oh, it must be this. It's just like, well, he's, it's Ghost Boy. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do that. As a Ghost Boy. Oh, that was a Ghost Boy. <laughs> uh, I, Better not go down that road. Shouldn't have done that. He's just a boy. <laughs> uh, I love the water that pools in the sink. And then if you listen, you can hear like a boy laughing or crying or something <laughs> in the background. Mm-hmm. And then later there's water running again upstairs in the tub. Like, I think this is one of those movies that if we watch it a second time, knowing everything, it'd be like, oh, okay, so this means this yeah, and you, that's that. You might pick up on a few more things. I would be curious to watch yeah. it again. Like, it, it wasn't a bad movie. And I really like these oh. older movies like that. I just... Mm-hmm. Like you, my experience was thwarted, yeah. and so. Um, and then we see the boy drown in the tub, like <laughs> that. When he goes upstairs just to see the water pooling in the tub, we just see the face of a boy. Yeah, which that was creepy because before like, I knew it was a boy, I was like that. I was like that child. Mm-hmm. That's creepy, and I still didn't yeah. put two and two together. Like, you know, oh. Whoever's fucking with him was a drowned child. Yeah. And I kind of remember, because the reason I pick this movie is History of Horror, which is why I pick a lot of the movies I've been picking lately. Mm -hmm. And they talked about it, and it was just like, God, that seems really dark and interesting. Yeah, the story's dark as fuck, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to end up talking myself into liking this movie more so because of... I am already. The significance of it. There's so many elements that are good. Yeah. I just um, wish the like, I just wish it didn't feel like it was as you know twice as long as what it was. Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, I, I think that's my problem with it too. Is like there was a point where I was just like, okay, how long are we into this? And it was like forty minutes. I was like, oh, there's an hour okay. left. Like, okay, like this. Yeah, this <laughs> movie movie could have been a lot shorter, or I don't know the tension. Like, the, I, like I, said, I think 
I think it's just pacing. I think it's just the building of tension. Like, The Shining is a very long-ass movie. Yes, it is. And it is kind of boring. Yes, it is. But it's so tense mm-hmm. all the time. Same with Bad Seed. Like, it's a, it's a boring movie. Not a lot really happens. But when it does, it's quite disturbing. Yeah. And so it kind of makes you... It sucks you in in that way, and I think I don't think Changeling really does that long enough. Yeah, I don't. When it does it, I don't think it does either. <laughs> That's the best point. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was not bad. Sorry, I'm listening to Justin talk, and I'm I'm messing with uh, the Zoom filters. <laughs> all those are all Zooms. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that one's cool. You're kind of like the Green Hornet. But yeah. Back. Kind of like the hungry fat hornet who wants to fucking go and eat. By day five, you're going to be chewing on your own arm. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Just for some salt. Um, I. So he finds this dusted out uh, upstairs attic storage space. And he finds this music box, which strangely enough is playing the exact same music that he's been writing. <laughs> which I thought was a really cool thing. That was super cool. Uh, and when he's thudding on, that's <laughs> when he's thudding on the the lock to open the door, the banging that's been going on uh, is in rhythm with his knocking on the lock, which is essentially like the ghost telling him, like you're in the right headed in the right direction. Like, yeah, I agree with it. Getting warmer. Um, I think the most obviously the most iconic part of this is the ball. That falls down the stairs. It was his daughter's. Yeah, that was that was kind of like when the like the look on his face when the lady's holding it and she's like, he's like, oh, that belonged to my daughter, and it's like, oh. And she's like, ooh, too soon. Mm-hmm. She puts it back. But seeing, I mean, that scene is why I picked this movie because that slow ball thudding down the steps is so cool well and it's so creepy and it's fucked up because that too and then later on when like and it's you know in your notes here where he he goes to get rid of that ball well yeah it's like right after like he gets the ball and he's like fuck this noise Mm -hmm. throws it off a bridge comes back home and then it thuds down the stairs again yeah it's crazy that's so fucking cool yeah that that's one of the best scenes in the movie Except for like the ending. Yeah. Oh, dude, that ending. It's one of the pure terror kind of moments that make you go, Jesus, this could be amazing. Mm -hmm. Because like the medium scene, I was expecting a lot more. Yeah, but I mean, also at the same time, like when you like very haunting in Connecticut or whatever it is, like where that scene where they're doing a séance like that and they just do too much. Watch that movie in forever. Where it's like like this fucking mass is coming out and like it's like if you don't have yeah. something crazy going on then all of a sudden you're like could it have been more should it have been more like it was pretty uneventful like it just it I, and again i think it goes to the problem with this movie that we're both having is that it's just not that tense yeah like there are some cool moments in the seance but it's not really until afterwards because he's you know he's music and does audio shit yeah and he recorded the the seance just for posterity i guess and so he goes back to listen to it and he can actually hear the boy's voice 
responding to the medium's question. Yeah, that was... He was scribbling on the paper, writing down his answers. Yeah, no, not... I thought that was really cool. Um, Where... At first, before... Like, when it was saying... Like, when he was asking the name and it was saying Joseph or whatever, that when Mm -hmm. he was listening back, I thought... I forgot what his daughter's name was, and for a second I was like, "Is that his?" I was like, "No, his daughter's not there." I was like, "I, mm-hmm. like, I know he heard something, but he just keeps going back and then listening to it." But I'm like, first I kind of thought it might have been his kid." Yeah. Um. So <laughs> then we get kind of the reveal of what happened. It's not really clear to me what like is is Joseph showing him this. Or is he like putting it together? Or just, but we get a essentially the scene of Joseph's father drowning the boy in the tub upstairs in the attic, which is just horrible. Yeah, it's fucked up in man. the best possible way. But like, yeah, yeah as, just as good as it could be, watching a child happen. die on in a movie, like it, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's fucked up. And. The whole, it's apparently for like some sort of inheritance. The boy was left a ton of money. If the boy dies, then the money goes to charity. And the father wanted the money. Mm -hmm. So he essentially kills the boy. And then replaces him with some orphan kid. Right. Who I assume has to be in on the deal or has no idea about the money. And says, you know, essentially, I'm going to let you grow up, get the inheritance money, and then, you know, call it, whatever. Yeah, call it good. Yeah. Well, and that was, like, and that was the thing, too, I was wondering, because it's, like, if, um, if in this movie, if this, you know, guy is an or like, if he, is he, like, did you actually see, is he an orphan, or is he, like... Something more along the lines of what a changeling actually is, or is it just like? I think you're getting too hung up on the clinical definition of changeling. Yeah, I am, because when I think of a changeling, so, that's what I think of. I'm sorry. Well, you need to stop it. Just knock it off. Quit it. You're wrong. Yeah. It's different stuff. Because in this, it's 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 very obvious that because the boy that the orphan that he that replaced the guy's actual son. Mm-hmm. Uh, ends up being like mayor of Seattle, yeah, and is like running for re-election and raising money for the symphony and all sorts of other yeah, shit. Yeah, running for um, re-election at like eighty-seven years old. Right, anybody's essentially trying to cover up what? Huh? What <laughs> My watch was also saying this isn't really about change things. I'm sorry, don't, don't listen no. to me. Well, you should listen to your watch. Um, you should. Yeah. Wow, I am. And apparently, like, the, he's trying to cover up what his dad did. It's not entirely clear if he knew about it mm-hmm. beforehand, but later on he's presented with very obvious evidence, and then he's very obviously trying to... Uh, Make it right. So he might he might it. not have known. Yeah. He might have been like, hey, I'm adopting you. This is your name now. You, you're my son. You've been my son, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. 
They're going to give you a lot of money. That's supposed to go to me. Just no matter what they tell you, that's my money. Yeah, if I could just... I'll help you, you know, I'll, I'll give you a nice life with it, but, you know, that, that's my If money. I could just have it. <laughs> I'll keep it in my wallet. It's a very nice wallet, very secure. There's a zipper and everything. Oh and uh, it is, you know, the 70s and 80s, so it's got to have a zipper. Yeah. In your fanny pack. <laughs> yeah. And the Hornets logo on it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so then this little girl sees Joseph drowning in her floor, which is a, a horrifying thing. To I think. must have missed that part. Well, they, they just kind of allude to it. And then um, George C. Scott goes to this person's oh. house because, you know, they drop the plans to the building. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. like, oh, it used to be this. Now it's this. And the mom of the girl is like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'll think about letting you... Because they oh, want to essentially yeah, yeah. rip up the floor to find the, the boy's remains. Yeah. And then that night, the girl... We actually see the girl having the vision of Joseph in the water under oh, the floor. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, yeah. And they f- they find Joseph's remains. Hmm. Um, and then John tries to just ambush the senator at the airport. <laughs> yeah. Which I think was not a well-thought-out plan. No, but he's he was definitely an emotional, so... Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know what he thought was going to happen there. Like, that the senator was just going to be like, oh, you got me. Yep, you're right. Scooby-dooed me, you son of a bitch. Well, (laughs) (laughs) But he just, like, psycho attacks him, and then all the security stops him, because that's what you would do. Yeah, that's what would happen in that situation. Um, and then he comes home and the house is throwing a fit. There's doors slamming and shit is like swinging all over the place. The house is upset. The, Look what you've yeah. done. <laughs> George is getting upset. <laughs> you didn't do it right. Oh, man. But then he ends up getting in to see the senator and presents all the evidence, including the seance tape and all this other shit that he's acquired. And the senator threatens him. Yeah. And then we get to essentially the climactic ending, which is Claire, the lady. I Did you get the sense that Claire knew more about this place than she was letting on? I feel like everybody knew more about this place than what they were letting on. That's fair. But even in their first meeting of showing him the house, I was like, you're shifty. There's something about you, and maybe it's just, you know, an acting choice, but it's like, it seems like you are screwing him on purpose. Yeah. I'm looking up. But. I'm looking it up because I'm not. Oh, that's right. They did do a changeling in 2008. They did. Yeah. So um, it's got Angelina Jolie, Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a different story. It's a, that one's actually based off of a true story. Yeah. It says takes and uh, takes on the LAPD uh, to her own detriment when try when it tries to pass off an obvious imposter as her missing child. So different, but yeah, like, huh. Yeah, that's based off an actual case that if you ever watch uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved, which you should, it's a really fun show. Okay. Um, they, yeah, they cover that. Huh. Yeah, it's a good movie. Though. Okay. Oh, I don't know if I ever got the the shifty vibes from Claire that much. Hmm. I don't know what it was. I, it was just the way she was kind of presenting the house, and every time that she would talk about stuff, she just kind of had this... Uh, I, I kept expecting her to, like, crumble and say, okay, I knew that something horrible I'm happened sorry. here. I'm sorry. They made me you. do it. 
Yeah, that, I was expecting that, and then that never happened, and I was just like, okay, just acting choice. <laughs> but Claire comes to the house and is chased out uh, of the attic and down the stairs by the boys' wheelchair. She got Indiana Jones out of that. <laughs> yeah, big time. And it was actually pretty cool. Like, it... I mean, it was corny and dumb at the same time, but the idea of just this, like, demonic wheelchair... It, it Towards the end, it got better when it out. actually looked like it was moving faster than a slow roll. I'm like, oh, dude, mm-hmm. that thing might not kill you, but that racks you in the fucking calf or in the back of the ankle, that's gonna fucking hurt, dude. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, and just the idea of, you know, a disembodied wheelchair just you know rolling on its own it's a little startling. oh yeah especially in a creepy dusty attic and then it's following you do you see like <laughs> do you see he's changing do you see <laughs> Red yeah. yeah i was thinking yeah with the wooden wheelchair <laughs> rolling down the street oh god i forgot about that yeah it's a good movie aren't they on fire mm-hmm. too and it's, oh, it's Philip Seymour yep. Hoffman. Rest That's in peace. Yeah. yeah. We need to cover that movie. That's a good one. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, John tries to confront Joseph and is met with just giant gusts of wind trying to push him out of the house, which I thought was really fucking cool. <laughs> no. um, the He ends up just getting like shoved off of the second floor railing. Um, he, you know, he's hanging on to the ledge, trying not to die, and then he ends up falling anyway, which was pretty right. Cool. And then the railing catches fire. That was just my like favorite part of the movie. It was badass. Because then it it does get weird because then the senator kind of shows up, and he's walking up the stairs. It's like he kind of is admitting fault yeah. and, a, and and a responsibility. But then they also show him in his office. So he's like having this disembodied thing, but it seems like George C. Scott sees him doing it. Hmm. But maybe not. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'd have to watch the ending again to see if they like acknowledge each other in any way. But like it, he's in the house, but he's also in his office. Oh yeah, it's weird. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, and then as he ascends the stairs, the stairs catch fire the house is catching fire the stairs collapse like it's super kind of uh, cool. poltergeisting itself but with fire yeah it's super which cool is fucking oh dude awesome. the shot of him walking up the stairs while he's on fire was amazing yeah it look i was like god they actually have this old man like that's real fire yeah. like i would think like they have this old rickety ass man climbing up stairs with fire all around him Fucking crazy! Like I was just watching before we started recording this. I was watching uh, the thing from another world, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where they're trying to light the alien on fire. Spoilers, and like the whole room is covered in fire, and this girl is trying to protect herself with this cushion, which is also on fire. And this big gust of fire hits, and it's like Jesus Christ! Like they really went for it with like just letting people be in horrible, frightening danger with large gusts of fire back in the day and it was just like it they'll be yeah fine. fuck it it'll be all right i'm i'm sure there's some movie magicery that happened where you know that late because even my wife was watching the thing with me and she was like well she's dead yeah because <laughs> all she's doing is holding this cushion in front of her and there's just fire everywhere mm-hmm. 
it's a cool scene, but it's like, I don't think the cushion's going to do much. No, it's not. <laughs> but, I mean, she was still there, and the cushion was on fire, and they didn't cut away, so it's like, they had to have done something, or just hope for the best. Yeah. But the house burns down, and it's super fucking cool. It was really cool seeing the, the right side of the house just engulfed it, from the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really cool looking. Yeah, and... Then we get the final shot of the burned-up house, which was a little cliche, I guess, but because they had the wheelchair perfectly like sitting there, mm-hmm. and the music box was like perfectly sitting and there. Ding. But when, yeah, when they zoomed in and had it open up and start playing the song that was in the music box that the boy listened to that George C. Scott was writing for the beginning of the movie, I was like, that's really fucking. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I, like I said, the the ending of the movie, the ending and the beginning of the movies are, is great. I just yeah. he. Just slow. yeah. God. Speaking of not slow, this was a very quick episode. One, I didn't think we would breeze through it this. There's not a lot to the movie, to be fair. Again. Like, if you haven't no. seen it, it's on. It's streaming on Peacock. You can watch it there. That's how I watched it. Yeah. Um, That's good. It's worth a watch. It's. I own it. Yeah. I, I got it for Christmas, so I watched the, my DVD. Yeah, it's a great movie. Like. Yeah. You should if you haven't seen it, you should watch it for yourself. Just know, obviously, that it, it's a tad slow and mm-hmm. it's gonna feel like you're watching it all day. Well yeah. I mean and that's like watching again to call back to this morning, watching the thing, mm-hmm. the original, watching a movie like this, to me, especially again doing the show, it's like brushing up on my history. You know, it's it's watching the originals and seeing where all of the tropes came from so that the next time you see a ball rolling down the stairs or down a hallway in a ghost movie, that's the change. Yeah. Like that's yeah, where that's that huge from. because that, yeah. that, that, that trope is going to, is a staple everywhere. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it is, I would say required viewing, especially if you're a ghost movie fan like myself. Mm-hmm. It's not my new favorite ghost movie like I was hoping it would be, but I think I'm gonna like it more the more I watch. Yeah, I'm. I. I. I I'm not sure when, because. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah, because I mean, like, I'm. I'm still watching through uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. I'm in the second season. Nice. Um, and I still need to watch season three and four of Stranger Things. My wife wants to watch that with me, but that has not happened sure. yet. <laughs> at least there's no anger in not your at all because i'm like just let me watch it if you're gonna, you want to watch it with me that's great but like it's gonna take forever just got debt yeah i need to rewatch all of stranger things for the new season or else i won't remember anything it's kind of where i'm at but i'm like i, I just i can't go back for like to the beginning <laughs> i don't you you can do that much easier like i don't like just for sheer time in the day working like 10 to yeah. 7 10 to 8 doesn't leave a lot of time for viewing, and that's what really sucks about this job. <laughs> Wait, mm. You're just all sad today, and then your tummy rumbles. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I get done, I'm going to go Yuckers. fucking drink my snack. <laughs> <laughs> With a side of a whopper. I fucking wish. Dude, I'm two and a half hours into this five-day juice cleanse, and I'm just like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to make it. Yeah, obviously. I got willpower. I'll check in on you every, every day. Saying, I'll let you know how I'm doing. How you doing? 
How you hey, doing? Fantastic, bud. All right. Uh, so without much further ado and trying to stretch this into an hour that's not, not going to happen, close. let us uh, talk about what's going to happen on this show next episode. So our next episode, Justin, is going to be my... Act- it's actually going to be my first bonus... Ep- uh, not bonus episode, but it's actually going to be my... Um, my topic of choice for the first time in what feels like forever um and so what we're going to talk about next week is we're going to talk about movies that have been remade horror remakes we're going to rank our favorite horror remakes and we are going to talk about horror remakes that really just didn't hit the mark and so if you are still listening to this episode, um, let us know either A, what you think of The Changeling, or B, let us know what your favorite uh, horror remakes are. Um, if there's some, that, if you're just completely like, I fucking hate reboots and remakes and all these things with a passion, you're a part of the majority, and we'd love to hear hear from you. Um, I do. Yeah, I... I really come down on both sides of that camp. Like, there are some movies that it's like, why remake mm-hmm. it? The original such classic. But then there's other ones where it's like, they redid it, and I'm like, I like this a lot. I like it. It's not necessarily better than the original, but I like it for what it exactly. is. Exactly. And that's generally my mm-hmm. take on most movies, is I will enjoy it for what it is, not what it could be yeah. or should be. And yeah. it's not, I'm not as picky on it, but... Like, if there's a movie where I'm just like, I will never watch this again. This is bad. It's probably because yeah. it's just, it's really bad. That's <laughs> well, I mean, like, I've, I've watched bad movies. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. But, sure. All right. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Next, next episode, we're going to talk about our favorite reboots or remakes. Sorry. And our least, and our least favorites. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out and say thank you to uh, Biggie Smalls the Pup for a uh, five star review and a um, rating. Oh, thank you very I, much. That's yeah, awesome. I wasn't going to tell you until right now. Oh, that's a happy little surprise. We haven't had a rating it's in a been long over time, a year. So that's great. <laughs> so, well, now we have to stop saying that because yeah, we did, yeah, we did. on Monday. So Biggie Smalls the Pup says, "You guys are awesome. Wish you had more episodes." I mean, we we just did a hundred for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the shark theme ones. Would be cool to do more shark ones in 2020. Give them a listen. Biggie Smalls, thank you for that glowing review. We most definitely can talk shark movies in 2022. Summer's coming. I have no problem talking about 47 meters down. Those are actually pretty fun. You know, I mean, for shark movies, I mean, given the fact that, like we've talked about this, that they're in water and there's not many places a shark can go unless it's Sharknado. Just don't go then they fly through the skies or whatever they do in those movies that I, I haven't seen. seen. I remember enjoying Deep Blue Sea when it came out. I saw it in theaters. And I, remember I don't think I've seen that, that one. But I haven't watched it since. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not bad. So we'll definitely, um, since you requested one and you left us a, um, a rating and a review, we'll definitely pick a shark movie in the next um, couple months here. Um, yeah, for sure. 
but yeah, let's let's get out of here. Um, we want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed um, our rapid review of uh, the Changeling. Don't take our words for it. It it go watch, go watch it, yourself. it yourself. It's it's it good. good. It's on Peacock. You, if you already have the subscription, you don't have to pay anything more for it. It's worth the watch. It's it, it's good. Do it. Um, do, do it. it. Okay. So until we come back next episode with um, our rankings of remakes and good or bad, we can be reached on any any of the social medias. We're everywhere. It's not hard. You can find us on Facebook at Pod and Gore Podcast. Uh, we got a page. We got the group. Um, we're on Instagram at Gore underscore uh, Instagram and Twitter at Gore underscore Pod. We'll fluster this morning. Sorry. Um, Need more juice. I'm, I'm going to go get my snack here in a minute. Um, <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Gore underscore pod. We are on the Slasher app at Pod and Gore Podcast. You can email us at podandgore at gmail.com. Look at that. Just fucking streamlined right there, dude. Just breezing. Mm-hmm. Not so bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not so bad. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at podandgore at gmail.com. There is, like I said, an abundance of ways to reach out to us. Um if you haven't, please like, rate, review, share with a friend, spread the word. Thank you again, Biggie mm. Smalls the Pup. We appreciate you. Um, Indeed. And yeah, just, just help us out. We appreciate you. And keep on rocking. Yeah, on. keep on rocking that roll, as fucking Justin mm-hmm. would say. Uh, <laughs> anyways, thank you again. We'll see you guys next uh, episode. We've been your hosts. My name is Brandon. My name is Justin. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.